Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Today's focus is going to be on the racial integration of American baseball. So we all know that Jackie Robinson was the man that integrated baseball, but that's not the full story. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at the wider story of segregation and integration, including the less well-known story of Moses Walker. We'll start off by thinking about the origin of segregation and the discrimination Black Americans faced. While most people can tell you a fair amount of information on African American history, We'll be diving deeper into the roots of the subject with the help of our special guest expert. Next, we'll dig into the history of the forgotten pioneer. The Moses Walker story is a heartbreaking yet motivational story. We're going to showcase some of Walker's highest and lowest points of not only his career, but his life as well. After Moses left his impact on the world, it is believed that his story inspired many African Americans around the country. Leading us to the man who broke the American sports color barrier. To get a sense of background for our story on the integration of baseball, we talked to Dr. Brian Singe from the University of Hartford. Dr. Singe is an English and modern language professor, earning his master's at the University of Michigan and his bachelor's and PhD at UNC. We're unfortunately not able to get Brian on the phone, but in an email interview, Dr. Singe was able to paint a picture for us of average daily life for black Americans at the time of segregation, referring more to the 1880s. We asked Dr. Cinch what life was like for black Americans in the 1880s, and he said, and I quote, by the 1880s though, states had begun to claw back some of those rights, especially in the South. Anti-black terrorism and lynching were a part of the black American experience in the 1880s, especially in the South understanding that by that point, Black Americans had a handful of rights, but white rights were able to overpower almost all of those rights. This was more than likely fearful time for all ages of colored Americans in the 1880s. According to Dr. Sims, the opportunities for work were even worse, only having low-end jobs, if any. Specific to baseball and the differences from the sport we know today, Dr. Sinch said, quote, baseball was very different in the 1880s. Most obviously, there was very little in the way of power hitting. It was a game dominated by base hits and base running as opposed to home runs. Pitchers did not specialize like they do now, quote. Seeing as many modern-day players are professional because they can specialize in home run hitting or pitching forms that alongside the rules and regulations for safety were insane compared to today's much less intense game. The game in the 1880s only shared one thing with the modern game and that's the objective. Everything else from the field size to equipment has changed since. Compared to the 1880s, The 1940s was a little bit better for the black Americans as evidence, quote, black people served overseas and in the states and therefore had a greater claim to 
to the privileges of citizenship, quote, and, quote, blacks who didn't serve had greater access to good jobs in the 1940s, so more people moved into the middle class via professional, via, via professions or good union jobs and bought houses, etc., quote, according to Dr. Sin. This is at least a little relieving as black Americans deserve respect at least after fighting in World War II. World War II started a small revolution and realization to many. This could potentially explain some of Jackie Robinson's success because, according to Dr. Sinch, having black players made your team better, so it made sense to embrace it. The beginning of formal integration in Major League Baseball came with the career of Moses Walker and his teenage brother who took the world by surprise when they outperformed many white players in the MLB. Born in 1857 to a white mother and a black father, keep in mind not only was slavery very much okay, he was the product of a biracial family. From day one, Moses was dealing with adversity. Despite his struggle, he did great in high school and outworked any other player in his league. He was considered America's first black varsity athlete. His hard work would pay off when he was accepted into Oberlin College's baseball program, becoming the first black player in the program. He would continue his baseball and academic career at the University of Michigan. During Moses' final years of college, while studying at the University of Michigan Law School, he was given a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This opportunity would be the start of a historical revolution. Walker was asked to play for the Toledo Blue Stockings as their lead catcher. Later into his professional career, his brother would, Weldy would join him on Toledo, having a less significant role on the team. Walker faced discrimination from both fellow players and fans. Tony Mullane, a pitcher for Toledo, said, quote, Walker was the best catcher I ever worked with, but I dislike a Negro, and whenever I had a, had a pitch to him, I used to pitch anything I wanted without looking at signals, quote. During one visit to Richmond, Virginia, the Toledo manager received an anonymous letter warning that Walker should not play or even come to the stadium. A famous player at the time, Cap Anson, refused to play a game with Walker or any black player. The resistance eventually led to the formal segregation of Major League Baseball. Toledo released Walker at the end of the 1884 season due to injury. Walker continued to play in the minor leagues, including two years in Waterbury, Connecticut, before he left the game in 1890. After baseball, Walker had a number of jobs, including running a hotel, a movie theater, and publishing a newspaper with his brother. Walker wrote a book in, 18, in 1908 entitled Our Home Colony, a Treatise on the Past, Present, and Future of the Negro Race in America. He argued that blacks should return to Africa to separate from the white society. Walker had a couple of run-ins with the law in April, 19, in April 1891. He killed a man in a brawl, but was found not guilty by an all-white jury, but he was later convicted of mail fraud and sent to prison for a year. Walker was the first and last black man to play for the major league this until Jackie Robinson. With pinch batter Frank Keller did that. Robinson dashes to the plate.
is close, and umpire Summers calls him safe on the daring maneuver. But Yogi Berra doesn't think so. And the fans will never forget the sight of Jackie Robinson preparing for the plate on his daring steal. Okay. So Jackie Robinson became the first black man to play in the major leagues when he joined the Brooklyn Dodgers in April of 1947. Like Walker had before him, Robinson faced violent discrimination from other players and fans and had to live in segregated hotels, but he was loved by the African-American community. Despite the ultimate success of Jackie Robinson, Major League Baseball continues to have issues with race. There were no black Major League managers until Frank Robinson was named a player coach of the Cleveland Indians in 1975. There had been a steady increase in African-American players since Jackie Robinson, but now only 7% of MLB players are American-born blacks. According to sports writer Earl Smith, the myth that baseball is not as flashy as basketball or culturally culturally relevant to African-Americans is not the reason for the lack of black American players. There are structural issues about money that explain the low numbers. MLB teams all have recruitment academies in the Dominican Republic to look for young talent. The Dominican Republic is like a baseball colony, if you will, for the MLB. In the U.S., young players need to pay to play for elite teams to increase their skill. The cost is often too much for the back, for the black families, and therefore only 7% of the players in elite teams are African-American. This is not an example of explicit racism, but the result is a limited number of American-born black players. Given the social and political climate surrounding black athletes, in the 1880s, it is no surprise that baseball ended up being formally segregated during that period. Though Moses Walker was able to play in the major leagues as a black man, his career was ultimately still brought to an end by racial discrimination. Walker himself became disenchanted with the idea of racial integration and argued that blacks should return to Africa to escape white supremacy. Jackie Robinson's later success was partially due to changes in wider culture of the United States after the Second World War and also was facilitated by a desire by major league clubs to access the talent of black players. Thinking about the modern day baseball, it is hard to imagine it without the contributions of African Americans. Today's game is proof that racial inequality still exists without official segregation as African Americans are underrepresented as players, managers, and owners in the MLB. However, we cannot forget the unsung hero, Moses Walker, for beginning the fight that Jackie Robinson continued. The state of baseball today also reminds us that racial inequality is still a problem in many parts of American society.